she said something to me years ago, and I don't even know if she meant it to have this much impact. But when I was talking about doing photography, I'm like, I don't know, Paige, I'd love to do it full time, but I, you know, I blah, 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 blah. And she just matter of factly said, well, John, somebody has to do that. And like that stuck with me. Like, mm-hmm. so anytime I think it's impossible for me to make this sale or make this much a year or for my band to make a, a CD, it's like, no, somebody has to. So why not you? Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if you want to get even, you know, more positive, don't say someone has to, because that can have a negative connotation, but someone gets to, somebody gets to make a living from photography or make a living from Pilates, what they love. Why can't that be me? Yeah. So that's what I, I want people to really take away. You know, what, why not me? Yeah. And then when the negative voices start coming up, you tell them to shut up and just remember, why not? Some, somebody has to. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, Be It listener, how are you? Have you ever had a plan not... Go as planned. I guess that's not really the thing. Like how did, have you ever had something not go as planned? There it is. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> I think that's actually how plans go. I'm becoming more increasingly convinced that plans are only meant to like be like the compass that gets you started. And then the rest is kind of a figure it out as you go. And that's the hard part because we all want certainty and we all really want to know that like, if I do this and this is going to happen and the more people I interview, the more I am noticing a strong theme and that a things don't go the way we expect. And B every time something is happening it is happening for you and it's setting you off on this track and this journey that you are meant to be on. And I'm so grateful that our next guest, um, like our paths cross because he is super cool. I really like him. I think Brad and I, will be friends with him for hopefully a long time because he is just an inspiration and he shares so passionately and authentically his story. And I really believe that you can learn so much from it. So he, when you'll hear in the interview, but this is a person whose plan A didn't go and then plan B didn't go. And like, of course you get down and depressed and you find yourself doing a job. You're like, why am I doing this? And that's the thing. That's the thing that actually makes you shine a little differently, shine a little brighter, become something that somebody else pays attention to. And it completely changes the trajectory of your life. And so please don't underestimate the crazy weird jobs you've ever had to do or the experiences you've ever had, because those experiences, those weird jobs, those weird skill sets literally might be the reason and the thing someone is looking for to hire you or to bring you onto their show or to have you speak in front of their audience. Like those are the things too often. We're looking for the degrees or the certifications or, you know, some sort of like title with letters after it that we think is going to be why someone picks us, but it could literally be the weird thing you did one summer. And so stop underestimating yourself. Give yourself some time to write down all the things you've ever done and Think about it as you listen to this interview with John, because I think it's really powerful. And I'm really excited for you to hear from him how he became a rocket scientist. And now he is a really well sought after photographer. And um, I can't wait to work with him. So that's going to happen. I'm putting it on my my list for this year. All right. So um, let me know how this interview impacts your life. Please let John and I know. Tag us on Instagram. Share this with people that need to hear it. And here he is. All right, where my teacher's at, my studio owners, my apprentices at, my home studio owners, independent teachers, I'm talking to you. I want you to listen up right now. 
here's the deal. There's so much admin that is required to run a business and it could mean the difference between you growing your business and you having time off. And the important thing to me is that you have time off. You have time away from your business because you do not work 24 seven. And I know you're thinking, oh, it's just one hour on this one day or it's not really a big deal. My clients text me and then I book them. And, you know, I really like to book them because I like to be in control. Stop right there. (laughs) Here's the deal. You have to have a barrier between you and your business It is so important that you get to have a day off where you are not being texted by a client who wants to reschedule a session from two weeks from today, but then they want a day that you don't have and you're going back and forth. It's just this once. It's not just this once. It's happening too often. And so I want you to try the 30-day trial of the scheduling tool that I have partnered up with. It is freaking amazing. They have over 33 features. I have a coaching video for each one of those features to let you know if it's right for your business. And every single week, anybody who's using my version of the scheduling tool gets coaching tips from me. That's right. Coaching tips from me. So you are not alone in running your business and you get to feel like you have this 24 seven assistant you've always wanted. Plus they have an incredible support team, like literally real life human beings who will help you transfer from whatever tool you have to theirs. And if you don't have one yet, they're still going to be able to help you. Do not be scared of the tech. I promise you, your phone is more technological than what you're going to be using for the scheduling tool. So go to Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool. Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool to get on this 30-day trial. All right, my loves. I have John Maloro with us. I didn't say your name right. John Maloro. How do you, you say it. it? John Maloro? Just like you said it. <laughs> Maloro. Yeah. <laughs> I do this all the time. Like I um I 100% check names. I'm like, oh, I know his name. We're, we're good. And then I'm like, did I say it right? I'm, it's anyways, it's my own thing. Um, everyone, we have John Malora here and I am so excited from literal rock star to incredible photographer and he has an amazing story. And I'm just so happy our paths crossed. Um, I really have to say, you know, I put out a thing like, Hey, I'm looking for this and you put yourself up there. And then when you're like, Oh, here's the topic that I'm going to talk about. It made me laugh. Cause I'm like, how on earth could you talk about imposter syndrome when you had like no imposter syndrome with of like saying, Hey, I'm, I'm the person you should talk to. So John, thank you for being here on this podcast. I really am excited to talk about all the things that you rock at. Um, can you please tell everyone a little bit about how you became like a rocket scientist to a photographer? (laughs) (laughs) It's not exactly like the linear plan that I think people would expect. Well, the the key was I didn't really have any life plan. And that's something that I've just kind of done. So exhibit A is, you know, the podcast, like I just, even though I I wrestled with imposter syndrome, and, you know, pretty severe anxiety, a lot of my life, I just always had that pioneer spirit, if you will, where I would just, I'd I'd rather be, you know, on the tip of the spear, the the first person going in because I get bored so easy. (laughs) And I'd rather just put myself out there and just just try something and with risk being, you know, just bored and, and static. So, so you're saying yes. you could never have just like worked behind a cubicle doing the same thing every day. You're, you're, that lasted nine months. Oh, hey, that's <laughs> yeah. longer than I think I lasted when somebody tried to do I was like, I don't think I'm really good at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that came right at the end where I, where I jumped ship on the uh, corporate world after 16 years and started doing photography full-time. Uh, but backing up, yeah, so I used to be a, a literal rocket scientist. I led test missions for NASA and the Department of Defense from Antarctica on projects to England, to, you know, garden spots like, you know, Sandusky, Ohio in February. <laughs> <laughs> so it was literally all over the map. And the way I fell into that job was my buddies and I were, you know, sitting around Penn State senior year, probably at like some wing and beer night. And a, a call came for people to interview for the company I made the spacesuit for NASA. And wait, I said, I'm going to, yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm so sorry. You're just having wings and beer. And they're like, hey, there's this job to work for NASA. Were you qualified for this? <laughs> oh, I felt I wasn't because I... <laughs> Although I did, I did okay in school. School never came real easy for me. Mm-hmm. Engineering school, for those of you that are familiar with this, is an absolute grind. Um, it, whenever we sat in our freshman orientation, they said, look to the person to the left of you and the person to your right, and they're going to wash out in the next four years. What a One pep of you, talk. Yeah, two of you, three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like 
it was like signing up for, you know, buds with the Navy SEALs. It's like pretty much all of you are not going to be able to make it. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's what I can tell you. Absolutely very few people listen to this podcast probably are familiar with engineering schools. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I don't know. No offense to the ones who are. So um, so you did go to engineering school. Yeah. Okay. And then you're having the wings and beers night. And then you see that this is job with this company who made the NASA outfits. Yeah, the spacesuits, like since oh, like the Apollo suits, like days. Like the real thing. <laughs> yeah, the real deal. Yeah, not not the stuff, you know, for a, a sound stage, like the stuff they actually put on the rocket and, you know, allegedly landed on the moon with, you know, depending which side of the fall on yeah. that debate. Um, <laughs> but so I sent my resume in as a joke, like thinking like, there's no way like this company's ever going to want to hire me. And sure enough, they did. They wanted to do a phone interview. You know, this is back in the late 90s. So like there was no FaceTime, no Zoom. Like I was, you know, sitting on my shared landline in my fraternity house. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> there, there were some guys like, you know, probably smoking weed next to where I'm sitting there on a phone interview talking to NASA. guys like space. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. And I was interviewing to be like a project manager, which I had no clue what that would be. And knowing what I know now, that would have been an awful fit. I, <laughs> I would have been terrible at that. And the summer before I, I applied, when I was, I think, a junior in school, I taught rock climbing for the Boy Scouts because I was all lined up, you know, to go do an internship at Disney, like the Disney. And I lost it to like another person, it was like me and one other person, and I lost it. Ugh. And yeah, and it was like late April. Uh, you know, th this is also a recurring thing with me. I don't really have a plan B a lot of times. Right. It doesn't, like, it's also kind of, no offense, doesn't really sound like yeah, there's an A either. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like, like forced got my way through life. Yes. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wish, totally just I wish I could do that. I am like, I need A, a B, 27 letters later, I would like another. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 No, I, not, not my thing. Um, you know, my wife and I always joke, it's like, you know, there's two types of people in the relationship. There's the person that says, all right, I got the passport. I got the boarding pass. I got the hotel reservations and the rental car reservations. And then the other person in the relationship's like, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know, what's, totally really, what's really funny is up until this moment, like I was like, oh yeah, like Brad is like, kind of that person he's like oh i can do that oh i'm gonna sign up. I, like he'll get bored doing the same thing all the time but when it comes to travel he has our passports he has a dropbox folder of all of our visas he has all the things and i'm like so where are we going right now <laughs> 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 so anyways okay so you um you were going you're teaching rock climbing for um boy scouts yeah yeah that was that was the summer before the uh infamous wings and beer night where we decided to apply to you know work on you know, critical life-saving equipment. And, but I put that on my resume because I got that job after the whole Disney thing fell through. My fraternity brother walked in the room and Bill said, Hey, you all right, man. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm pretty far from okay right now, dude. Told him what happened. He goes, well, you're outdoorsy. You want to, you know, you want to work at a scout camp. I'm like, I was never a boy scout. I didn't wear goofy green shorts and run around the woods. He's like, all right, well, don't say things like that, but we could hire you. So I worked with the maintenance crew. Like until like I could do my assigned job, which was I was supposed to be a water sports director. And I, you know, once again, I was like, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to sail or do anything. I can swim. That's about it. They're like, we'll train you. I'm like, all right, cool. You'll train me, whatever. And, but uh, up until like training, like there was like a six week gap and I worked with the maintenance crews and I had like zero like trade skills. So I was, I was the guy just like schlepping the chainsaws through the woods and, you know, when the, when the septic drainage truck would need something like I'd, <laughs> I'd run out there stuff. And, uh, the crescendo of my glamorous jobs was when we got the cabins readied for the people to come in, they've been uninhabited and the cat skills for like nine months. Well, a lot of mice apparently would like try to get water in the toilets and like fall in the toilet. Yeah. The look on your face says it all. <laughs> so my job was, I, I, my, I, I got to pull the dead mice out of the toilets that had like sunk. <laughs> that, that was my job. Oh honest my to God. God. So that's what yeah. NASA, you put that on your resume? There. Well, <laughs> not yet. I didn't put that on there, but, which, you know, unfortunately those kind of skills did come, come in handy down the road in my career. So here I am doing this job and I'm like, this sucks. Like the, I didn't sign up for this, but whatever. I have no options. And 
you know, I thought maybe it was just karma, you know, since Mickey Mouse, like, you know, dissed me, like, I'm pulling, like, dead mice. <laughs> so, so anywho, so I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm psyched. Like I'm counting down the days to go to training. They're going to teach me how to like teach people to water ski and all this cool stuff. I'm like, awesome. And I'm like sitting in the middle of some like field, like scrubbing rust off a propane tank. That's like leaking next to me. And I'm thinking this sucks, but one more day. And they came up, the directors came up and they're like, Hey, John, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm good. Good training. I'm leaving for training tomorrow. They're like, Hey, yeah, about that. We just got the call from the person that was here for the past two years and they want their old job back. So we don't have to pay to train you anymore. And I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) So they're like, like they're like, you're fired, but we're, we're happy. Because we have somebody. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't fired. I impressed the ranger, the maintenance crew so much. That they wanted to keep you on. They wanted to keep me on there. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. All right. Well, okay. How many more cats and toilets are there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. How many more propane tanks am I going to have to scrub? And so they're like, or, you know, you could be assistant director of rock climbing. I'm like, I'll do it. They're like, do you want to hear what it is? I'm like, I don't know how to rock. I don't care. I'm not that scared of heights. I'll do it. Will you train me how to do it? They're like, yeah, we'll send you to training. I'm like, my bag's already packed. Like, all right, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> so, so I, it ended up being a great fit. You know, I, I worked with a great crew. I, I supervised like, I think over 700 uh, scouts rappelling and rock climbing on like natural cliffs. We weren't in like a gym. We were like oh, outside with like, like the turkey like, buzzards. Yeah. This is oh. like, Oh, like real, real stuff. Like real deal. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like the rocks, like falling down, like kind of stuff. That's crazy. So that's what was on your resume that made them go. That's what was on my resume, director of rock climbing. How crazy. I wonder, you know what? Probably if you had Disney on there, they'd be like, "Mm, another Disney kid. Like, (laughs) they probably wouldn't have been as impressed. This Christina Aguilera's boyfriend, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That that Timberlake guy trying to get a job again. But so I put that on my resume because I thought, you know, it showed I, I had some practical experience. You know, I, I had other engineering type stuff. And they said, what's this about rock climbing? I gave my little spiel and they said, hang on a second. Someone just walked by. We want you to talk to. And like, they put me on mute and I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and this nasally voice came on the phone again. No video. Back in the 90s, this nasally voice goes, hey, what do you think about rock climbing on Mars? And I just knee-jerk reaction said, are you going to pay my airfare? Yeah. <laughs> And I thought, oh God, I just blew it. Just being a smart ass. And this dude who I had no idea who he was, he, he hadn't been in the interview. He goes, get him down here. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to arrange an on-site visit. And it was like an eight hour drive from where I went to school in Pennsylvania. And I come down here and, and lo and behold, that like mystery person that jumped on at the last minute was like the lead test engineer for like Mars landers. And he was a you know, former Air Force special operations guy and tested fighter jets. And he and I just like hit it off like a ball of fire. He said, I don't need the smartest person in the room. I'm like, good, because you didn't get him. He's like, I need someone I can sit down into the field, you know. And, and you're like, and, oh, and I, actually super good. I can scrub rust off a of propane. Did yeah, you know that? Propane tank you, and you need dead mice. I'm also your guy for that. <laughs> Do you have that on Mars? <laughs> don't worry. I've, I've been there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we terraform Mars. I'll be able to take care of all the plumbing issues. <laughs> But so he said, you're not, you're not being confined to an office being a, some project manager. So for the next, um, like seven years, like Skip and I just went all all over the world. He was my mentor. His name was Skip Wilson. And you know, just did some pretty radical shit. That (laughs) is so, here's what I, here's what's so crazy. I hope, like, I hope y'all just heard that. You could have easily been like, oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I'm not qualified enough. Like, I think so many people do not put their name in the hat for things because they they pre-reject themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were probably like you were like you said half joking or like whatever, let's just like it's a game, let's see what happens. But oftentimes people are not looking for the most qualified, perfect, scored, most well-trained per- they're looking for someone who they can get along with that they want to travel to <laughs> that like yeah. will get their hands dirty and like actually just try and not assume that they know the answer. I think that is really a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I said, I, you know, I did a skip for the next seven, eight years. You know, we, we sadly lost him to cancer in um, mid 2011, which really, I didn't realize how much it affected me, but it really affected me because he and I were one of the few that did what we did mm-hmm. at our country and also in, in the world. Um, so it, it really left a whole, like kind of like not having that like fallback 
position, Mm -hmm. you know, even though I was in charge and I would lead a bunch of stuff, it was always nice to kind of like be like, Hey, Skip, or like, Hey dad, what do you you think of this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's, that was what I did. And I, I stayed at that company until 2016. And by that point, like the, I'd been there over 15 years. So the leadership had changed. It had become a, a very much profit driven company. Um, because the, the company, the company, they got bought by venture capitalists and yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that old chestnut. Yeah. Um, there, I just actually heard, um, it was on the daily podcast, um, not a sponsor of the show, everyone, but they literally explain in layman's terms about like VCs and how like these, like they're taking over like your vets and your dentists and your <laughs> all these things and i'm like yeah oh my god but anyways it's, it's crazy that's another podcast not ours yeah. so go listen to that one if you actually want to understand how that works okay so so you you're in this job for 15 years that isn't that is an in, insane like let me just see how this goes um journey what i mean obviously it wasn't as exciting at work or they were having goals that were outside of what yours were what, how did you end up in your next thing? Were you, were you dabbling in photography while you were doing this? How did that go? Yeah, I, I had always done photography as a hobby. Um, I think I got my first camera when I was like seven. So it was back in the mid eighties. So like I learned to shoot on film and I was actually just looking through, uh, the first travel album I ever did after I got a, a quote, real camera, um, got my first Nikon with my daughter today. And she's like, why are these pictures so weird? I'm like, well, it's because they were on film. And I (laughs) (laughs) just had to kind of, why are these pictures not moving themselves? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but no photography had always been a hobby. And like I said, I got to go to some very awesome places in my tenure as an engineer all across. And I always, I just threw my camera in the bag and, you know, I'd, I'd have my little Walter Mitty fantasies when I'd be out you know, working on some engineering job, pretending like National Geographic had just sent me to Antarctica instead. And okay, that is being it till you see it. You're like, I am, yeah. I am, I'm taking pictures, and they don't like for National Geographic right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, because that, that's like one of the big dreams, like you know, for photographers, like that's like the gold standard. And I remember I was reading a National Geographic once because that's actually what kindled my love of like photography and like travel and wanderlust. Um, it was a episode I saw my grandparents table and it was, um, about Mount Vesuvius, like back in the eighties, they had an art, like a article. I can still, I could still see it. And that's what sparked my wonderless and national geographic other than just kind of being like the gold standard of photographers holds a special place in my heart because I, you know, it, it, that's really what kindled my wonderlust. And I remember reading an episode or a, a issue of national geographic probably 10, 15 years ago. And they had the statistics of like the chance of like having National Geographic, like even look at your photo and let alone getting published. And they're like, look, you know, for an issue, like the photographers that we send out, they shoot like umpteen tens of thousands of pictures. We get this many pictures just sent to us. This many pictures make it to the like final edit. But like, and it came down to these statistics that were like, just insane. Like, like less of, than a percent of a percent. Right. Yeah. So, so I, of course, tore that out yeah. and put it on my little vision board. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, as you know, from, from the May the 4th, you know, thing we did together this year. Yeah. Um, Han Solo is always like, just like my, like such an icon to me because he just had that swashbuckling, like self-confidence that I, I really didn't have like I might like jump in and do things, but you know, like I mentioned, like imposter syndrome and anxiety and stuff were like things that like traveled with me throughout my life. So like Han Solo was always like the like the dude, you know. It's like yeah. man, if I could just be like that and have that confidence in my abilities, like that would be so awesome. So I printed out this picture of Han Solo, you know, and it just said his one of his famous quotes from the movies: "Never tell me the odds." Like he was doing some like thing where like there was like zero chance of success. And he's like, don't tell me the odds. I'm just going to do it. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Never, t- never tell me the odds of success or failure because I'm just going to do it. It's not going to change my effort. So I took that and like pinned it over top of the National Geographic thing. Yes. It was always like right next to my thing. And in 2016, I got notified that National Geographic was featuring one of my photos. Shut and up. Your- 
Yep. In their Your Shot program. It was like they selected 12 photos a day to feature and mine was one of them. Shut up. That is insane. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh so I, I had that above my thing, like looking like at these like insane odds. But then, you know, Han Solo always reminding me, you know, oh don't, don't worry about the odds. Just do it. That is amazing. And also, um, Brad's going to nerd the hell out about this right now. Like, I know <laughs> I know that he's listening right now. He's like chuckling because, first of all, Star Wars. Yes. National Geographic. Yes. Like and, um, you know, there's this like common theme. You said like you're like a pioneer. And I know very little about Star Wars. Everyone. It's, it's OK. We clearly know this. By now, I don't think I can get away with it. But what I do know, <laughs> what I do know about Han Solo is he is like that pioneer. He's like just going to like he is like t- like uh, he doesn't need to see the map. He's just going to go do it. And so I feel like I feel like you've had some really good like spirit animals in your life guiding you into like, OK, I'm going to yeah. be like Han Solo right now. <laughs> I'm just going to go do it anyways. That is so cool. So yeah. this is amazing because. You know, I think, um, again, going back to like people thinking like life gets really linear, you, it wasn't like, you're like, okay, I'm a rocket scientist and then I'm a photographer. Like you were like, you were organically allowing one to still happen while you were doing this other thing. And I think that is really cool. We don't have to just be one thing and we don't have to just only like, we don't have to wait our turn for, for this thing to happen. Okay. That's amazing. So all, so when did that happen? When were you in National Geographic? That was in 2016. Okay, um, about the same time that you were leaving. It was right after I left my job that I'd been at 15 and a half years. And I'd been doing photography as a side hustle for a number of years, like getting paid for it. But you know, what self-respecting father of three that lives in southern rural southern Delaware would like leave this six-figure job to be a photographer? So I didn't... I didn't leave the job I was at and go straight to a photographer. I went to another engineering company where I got paid even more money. And like, they'd fly me like first class to like Shanghai for these like meetings. And (laughs) okay. So so that's a harder thing to give up. I'm just going to be real first class to Shanghai. That's a little hard to give up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if you're going to be first class anywhere, like don't, don't be first class from like New York to Miami, be on like a day long flight. Yes. yes. Um, But that job was, was like a desk. It was a desk job. Mm. And I was, I was so unhappy in my previous job just because I had a lot of personal change going on, you know, that led up to that. But, you know, I just felt this, you know, responsibility to my family where like, I couldn't do that. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't be a photographer full time because there's no way I, you know, you, you can make anywhere close, you know, all these stories and, um, the author John Acuff that I love called them noble obstacles. Oh, I love John Acuff, and that's yeah. noble obstacles. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting. Like you said, a couple stories. Like what self-respecting father of three would like leave this job to go do this, and then like you know these things. And it's I know people listening. A lot of them are saying the same things to themselves right now. Maybe not that sentence, but like there's a story that's keeping them from doing the next thing because of like what other people will think or like how that's a crazy idea. And like, because we've not necessarily seen it, maybe didn't see Han Solo do it yet. Like it's kind of hard to imagine that it could be a possibility. So what was the impetus? How did you leave that job? How did you get over that? Um, I had someone that was a mentor to me for a number of years in photography. And she was also a, a coach and she invited me to a networking event. Cause my thing was, I, I knew I had skills in photography and, but I didn't know how to sell it or market it and, or how to like even get in front of people. And she invited me to a networking event and I'm like, Oh my God, there's actually like ways to make this happen. Mm. So I came home and was talking with my wife about it. And she's like, you're miserable, dude. Like, <laughs> She's like, your, your skin has like the pallor of like a wet ashtray. <laughs> I like she that she like keeps crap. it real. <laughs> she, well, well, she'd been living this for years yeah. with me. Like, yeah. you know, as, as my, my job just wasn't satisfying it. Um, so yeah, I, I turned in my, my resignation in the spring of 2017, which was over five years ago and wow. went and became a, a full-time photographer and even that's evolved over the past five years and what i currently do which is which is portraits yeah okay so um does i mean like i love this story because um abe said since it's honest but also like it's not 
it's it, it's not predictable, but it's completely like something any every single one of us have a story like this and we get caught up that like it's it has to be oh it has to be a certain way. Oh, I have to do this and when I'll have this. And I just like that you kind of followed your passion and even when you didn't, you had people around you who like shined a little flashlight on possibility. And there's this like constant theme. You have a mentor and you have people around you who are like being who are being honest with you about who you are. And I, I think a lot of us don't have, like a lot of us pull ourselves back. We hide, we like, don't want to be like fully seen because we want people to necessarily know like the mistakes we make or like the thoughts we're having. But actually uh, you having a mentor and a coach and your wife and you're like, they're, they were the ones that kind of guided you to where to go next. And so it's just really cool because we don't have to do it on our own. Yeah. And that's always, that's one of the biggest suggestions I always give people when they say, how do you, how do you make a living? Like a, like a good living as a photographer. And I say, I hire people that have been down that path before me. Mm. They're like, Ooh, that sounds expensive. I said, well, it's not inexpensive, but the paybacks monetarily are, are easy to quantify, but also just giving you that confidence that, Oh, these people have been down that path is worth a lot. Yeah. That's actually, I mean, and that's the thing that most people skip. They're like, they're, and I get that it, I get that everyone has bills and everyone has a different budget and there's all these things. And, but I agree, like I would not be where I am today had I not hired people who had gone through what I wanted to be through. Like, like I want, like they knew the, the, what it took to get to the next level. Cause they are left that level. So like, mm-hmm. I think, um, it is not the easiest decision to invest in yourself, but you have, like, if you don't, you just, you don't even get to stay where you were. You, you go backwards because you, you're going to feel stuck, miserable. And also the world keeps going forward. Like that's the energy. You're a rocket scientist. You, I don't tell you that, you know how energy works. So (laughs) physics is a cruel (laughs) mistress. Physics is very cruel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually, I'll be really honest. I am changed my major. Um, this is so yes, I lost feeling in my fingers, which is one of the reasons why I changed my athletic training major. The other reason was, is I was like physics. Why the hell do I have to do that? No, we're not doing that. So I was like, what science classes does a communications major have to do? Great. The math class, I was like statistics, like, nope, I don't want to do that. What's the other, (laughs) like what major gets me out of algebra? I just, I just, I'm going to hire someone to do the math. It's fine. (laughs) Anyways. Um, so, okay. We've talked about it a couple of times and I just want to touch on a little bit because you mentioned, you had anxiety, you've had imposter syndrome. I know a lot of our listeners struggle with either one or the other or both. And, and how, like, how has that been? Cause I'm, I'm sure like having anxiety and also like being a parent and being a partner and, and being someone who's like making these major changes. And now it's, a how did you get over? Like, what was that? How did you move past that with everything going on? It, it goes back to the same way I did it in my business was working with therapists, you mm. know, coaches, people that even just a trusted person. Um, but, but, th- you know, ther- therapy was, was super important. And w- that was one of the hardest decisions for me to make because, you know, one of my traumas from growing up was, you know, I, I had to become like very self-sufficient. Mm. You know, I just had this and it, and it still crops up. You know, I'm, I'm one of those fools that sometimes will be like, you need help with that, John? Nope. Nope. It's just, it's just awkward. You know, we really like <laughs> through other people to help me. Yeah. Um, so, but being aware of that, um, because you know, there, there's no, there's no quick fix, especially with it, it will with anything with your health, mental or, or physical, um, you know, just cause you eat a salad one day doesn't mean you're going to drop 15 pounds. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's it's putting in the reps and doing it. And it's the same with, with mental, your mental health. You know, once, you know, I got, got some tools from a therapist and, you know, took medication for a while, just as a, as you know, as as she put it in vernacular, I could understand when I was an engineer, like, this is just another tool in your tool chest, John, this doesn't mean anything. It's just another tool. So, you know, acquiring those skills and doing some very honest self-reflection and, and realizing when things come up and, you know, looking for patterns maybe, and 
those things and, and just having the desire to get better, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. was, was huge. And, you know, it's, it's not perfect. Not every day is sunshine and rainbows and, yeah. um, but you know, it, it's not about having everything be perfect. It's about how do you, how do you respond when it's not perfect? Oh yeah. That's good. That, that's a great question. That's also like something to think about on a good day. So you have an answer for when on a bad day, you're like, what am I supposed to do right now? You're like, oh, I actually, on a day that I was feeling good about life, <laughs> I yeah, broke right. down a game plan for myself. Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's there more and more, it's easier for people to talk about mental health and anxiety. And, and I do love that, but we do have so much more work to do because I think so many people look at others and they, and for better or worse, you know, social media is always going to show the good stuff just is. And we then put on it, oh, they must not suffer from imposter syndrome, anxiety, or any other things. And it's like, no, it's just that they just didn't post about it on that day. They, you know, mm-hmm. like that doesn't mean that like they don't struggle with the same things. And so, so a, the more we all can be aware that everyone is going through it at some point, um, it, that makes it easier. And then I love what you said, like you had to decide, like you had to decide that like you wanted it to be better. Like you wanted to do something. And I think that that's, um, that's, that's a tough one to s- decision to make and but also believe mm-hmm. that it could. So good for you. And also thank you for sharing that. Um, you, uh, I'm going to just let the cat out of the bag because when this is up, it should be hopefully ready. You came on to agency to talk about imposter syndrome. Agency is our group coaching program. And, um, literally after it was over, people were like, I need to buy that. I need to rewatch that. Oh my God, I can't believe (laughs) I missed that. And, um, it's this interesting topic because I feel like more and more and more people will say I have imposter syndrome. I have imposter syndrome. It's kind of like a (laughs) catch all title, but when you broke it down, you explained a lot of things and I, and you know, everyone can go watch the course, but can you talk about why you got excited about out this topic? Like what made you investigate it? What made you go, Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to explore this and also teach people about it. What was that? I don't want people to you know, suffer like I did. Um, and I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was for a very long time. And just being able to put a name to something, especially things that are troubling you, already gives you some power over that. So I, I really wanted to educate people on what imposter syndrome is. You know, if, if anyone's listening to this and, you know, a real, real quick check to see if you've ever had imposter syndrome, if that's a term you've never heard before is, how do you respond when someone gives you a compliment? Do you like genuinely say, oh, thank you very much. I'm so glad that, you know, that, that spoke to you and feel good about yourself. Or like, do you kind of get like, these like weird feelings in your stomach and maybe do some poorly delivered attempt at self-deprecating humor. Like, Oh, you like that song I wrote? Oh, you should probably get your hearing checked. Ha 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 ha. Those are how imposter syndrome manifests. And I really just wanted people to understand how that is. Because if you look at my, my resume, my professional record on paper, you know, engineering or photography wise, you know, NASA, Department of Defense commendations, um, National Geographic features. Like, it sounds like I, you know, I, I, I got it all together. But a defining moment in my life was I remember getting a, a commendation letter from the Department of Defense for a project I led. And I thought, I'm up on this stage so everyone can actually point their fingers at me and be like, see, we knew you were full of crap and you're actually not supposed to be here. And I remember like almost being in tears when I got the letter and like, that's like one of those core memories that I have. So whenever the opportunity came up to speak about imposter syndrome, I'm like, I don't want people to feel like that. Or if they do feel like that, I want to teach them, provide them some resources that they can use to move past that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, well, I think, I think anyone listening is like, oh my God, I can't believe that's how he felt when something amazing was happening. And yet I bet if we ask all of them, like they would have, a, they could think of a time when an amazing thing happened and they were letting their imposter syndrome 
tell them that it wasn't as amazing and that this isn't, they didn't deserve this or somebody got it wrong. Um, I loved it. I love, I love how you explained it. I loved everything you had to say. Our members loved it. And so everybody, we, um, we will definitely put in the show notes how you can watch, how you can watch this amazing course from John, because, um, I want to help you make sure that no one else has to suffer through that too. I think it is really important. It's really incredible. It's also what, what so many of our listeners are suffering from and it's holding them back. And the whole point of this whole podcast is that I just know that every single person here listening to this has something that they're meant to do. And it, I cannot be <laughs> imposter syndrome or the feeling that they're not good enough, um, which is the exact same thing. So I'm being redundant, but it cannot be that. That cannot be the reason that they don't do it. Like other reasons. Sure. That one. No, because that one, that one is something that together as a world, I think we can really combat and we can, we can, we can work on that. So John, thank you for being you. Okay. We're going to take a brief break. Um, and then we're going to find out how people can get their picture taken by you, find you, follow you, all that stuff. Be Until You See It is brought to you by Brad and I going Woo. to Cambodia. That's right. And you too. you got to come with us. Yeah, we're going to be there for a retreat uh, this year, the end of this year, from October 30th for five days through November 4th. Yeah, and here's the deal. So we set it up specifically so you can leave work. Get on a plane, you arrive in Cambodia, we do Pilates every day, we do breath work, we do goals coaching, we're gonna tour temples, we need amazing food, need to stay at our house, and space is really limited because it's at our house. Yeah, it's at our house, and for those of you who do math, like me, it's six days, not five. I just did it on my fingers, like, oh yeah, right? Uh, so He's the, really excited. <laughs> um, we can only take 20 people. Yeah. Okay, so space is extremely limited. Everybody's really been telling us how much they wanna join us. Yeah. So do not wait. Get yourself on the uh, wait list for this. Actually, we're past the wait list. Get yourself on the... Uh, Get on the landing page. And yeah, sign up spot. for this. Uh, go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. Yeah. So if you have questions, feel free to ask. DM us everything. I understand Cambodia seems like it's really far away. I promise you, once you are there, it is amazing. It is out of this world incredible. And this is our first retreat since our last retreat, which was in March of 2020. Yeah. So we are excited. Our team there is so enthusiastic to welcome us back. They can't wait. And the place looks amazing. Anyways, I just spent a full month there preparing for this retreat. And I'm telling you, a, I'm so excited. Our place is ready to go, and it's really exciting. All you need to do is get yourself there. We will pick you up from the airport. We will take you to where you're going to stay, and then you're going to be able to eat with us, practice with us, hang with us all week long. This is, it's, not, this is not one of those retreats where they only feed you two meals a day. We feed no, you. You're with us we, all week. Once we arrive and kick this retreat off, it's dinner Sunday and then three meals a day until Friday morning we eat breakfast and we take you to the airport and to wherever you want to go, whether it's back home or maybe you go somewhere else because once you're in Southeast Asia, you can keep going. You can, yeah. But uh, lock your spot in today by uh, making your deposit. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. See you in Cambodia. All right, John, where do you hang out? Where are you on the socials? Where do people get to know more about you? Well, literally, I hang out in my car a lot, shuttling my three kids to various <laughs> things. But <laughs> when I am not doing that, um, they can track me down on uh, social media. There's not a lot of John Maloras out there. So <laughs> That's just John good. Malora Photography, um, M-O-L-L-U-R-A. Um, and my website's Malora Photo. You, know, you can see samples of my work on there. And if like I said, I, I do portraits. I, I specialize in people and we're not talking about like the white, you know, backgrounds of uh, JC Penney's days of yore. <laughs> I really like to create empowering photos of people because, you know, how, how awesome does it feel to look at a really good photo of yourself, whether it's a selfie or someone took it and they just happened to catch you, right? Like that makes you feel so good. And uh, you are so yeah. correct. You are. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm so correct. The other, a couple episodes back, y'all, my friend Claire asked me about like how I get ready for photo sessions. And I have to say many of the photo sessions, in fact, one of the best photo sessions I had recently, I was not having a good day when the photo shoot was supposed to happen. I'm like, I can't believe we're doing a photo shoot today. I don't like, I'm like having imposter syndrome, all this stuff. And yet when you have a photographer like you who would like, first of all, loves what they're doing and is, does it really well. But when they capture that photo of you in, in this portrait, 
you're like, oh, that's, I may feel like this, but that's who I am. Right. Ah, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, so one of the things I love to do is remove as much stress from the whole situation as possible. That goes from like, you know, initial consults, but then like going to their homes and like helping them pick their wardrobe. Whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, are right? in it. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then day of the shoot, you know, there's always professional hair and makeup offered mm. for folks so they can just show up and not worry if it's raining outside and what happens to my hair. No, you can just sit in Kelly's chair and she'll take care of it. I'll get you a glass of wine or a, you know, tea or whatever you want. Do the photo shoot where I, you know, I guide people through all the poses because uh, it was at Talladega Nights, you know, that, that Will Ferrell was like, what do, I, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> Just put your hands down, Ricky. So I tell people what to do with their hands, you know. Um, but then even, even afterwards, I help them pick the photos and then they're all professionally retouched. So, you know, it's, it's showing people it, in like very true to them. I don't make people look fake and like, you know, like some plastic Barbie. Mm-mm. But, you know, let's face it, like the the high-end digital cameras that we use, like they capture a lot of details that like don't need to be captured that you don't really see. But then even helping them with like, because like you said, with photos, when you see a photo, that makes you feel really good. But I'm a firm believer in like the power of like a physical product. So every photo people select, they always get a print of it five by seven, it's matted. I mail it to them, the thank you note. But then I offer like heirloom quality, like wall art. Like I'll come to their house, I install it. So it's like start to finish, like oh how, my much, God. how much stress can I remove from you and have this actually be what it is, which is showing showcasing the world, the true you. And more importantly, some people are like, what am I going to do with like 15 photos of myself, John? I'm like, put them in the nice little gift box I give you. And then when you're having, a, you know, and keep like one of them out, have some boss ass photo of you hanging up in like your bedroom or your closet. If, if you don't want the world to see it. And when you're having those bad days, like you were having, like how awesome that be to look over and see that picture and be like, okay, I got this for five minutes. I can, okay. I can You've inspired me to print some of our photos. Yeah, you should. <laughs> that I only put on Instagram, you know, um, well, now I just have, there's so many reasons why, um, if my family's listening to this, they'll be like, well, we have to get to Delaware anyways. But now I feel like we have to get to <laughs> Delaware so that we can <laughs> do a photo shoot with you. Yeah. Um, I love the photograph you and Brad. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to happen. Um, uh, there's, we literally go to Delaware, so <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, you know, you the president and Dave Grohl, like right. they're out. Well, yeah, they all frequent Delaware. <laughs> and, and also, for those of you who are on the East Coast, I, from what I understand, like Delaware is really easy to get to. Your states are all very small. You're, in, you're not in California. You can get there in a couple hours. So yeah. go do it. So we could talk about photography even more, and maybe it'll come up. But be it till you see it action as bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted steps people can do to be it till they see it. What do you have? My friend Paige, who's like just one of these people that you talk to and you're like, wow, you're you're really smart and you just understand people. She said something to me years ago, and I don't even know if she meant it to have this much impact. But when I was talking about doing photography, I'm like, I don't know, Paige, I'd love to do it full time, but I, you know, I blah, 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 blah. And she just Matter of factly said, well, John, somebody has to do that. And like that stuck with me. Like, mm-hmm. so anytime I think it's impossible for me to make this sale or make this much a year or for my band to make a, a CD, it's like, no, somebody has to. So why not you? Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if you want to get even, you know, more positive, don't say someone has to, because that can have a negative connotation, but someone gets to, somebody gets to make a living from photography or make a living from Pilates, what they love. Why can't that be me? Yeah. So that's what I, I want people to really take away. You know, what, why not me? Yeah. And then when the negative voices start coming up, you tell them to shut up and just remember, why not me? Some Somebody has to. Somebody has to. Why not you? John. Ah, I, 
I'm obsessed with you. You're amazing. You've got so much to <laughs> offer this planet. We can keep, we'll have to have you back. Um, I'm sure Brad is like, uh, you could have gone more into the Star Wars or something else, but. Um, so, <laughs> Tell Brad so, to call me, we'll nerd out. I know. Do some I Legos know. or something. I know. The day of our shoot, we'll just have to block out extra hours for time for that. Um, anyways. Okay, everyone. How are you going to use these um, actionives in your life? right? Tell us by tagging John Maloro and tagging Be It Pod and letting us know. Also, do us a favor, send this to a friend. And you know what? If this had an impact on you, DM John or myself or text a friend what it was because not only does it change people's lives, like it really does. It, you, you, they could, there could be a sentence that like Paige said to John that changes and sticks with someone, but also it's literally how we change the world. Like we get rid of imposter syndrome and these feelings of, of, of being alone one person at a time. So thank you everyone so much. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week that so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.